Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of The Contagious Community. I hope you guys are finding these episodes valuable. I, I'm i just loving sharing on this platform. I'm meeting so many of you. I appreciate you so much when you're tagging me in your stories and telling me the takeaways you're having. I also want to remind you, make sure you're part of my private group on Facebook. Just search up The Contagious Community. Every single Friday, I go live into that group with a mini training. Last Friday, I gave the five biggest things that you need to be doing on Instagram right now to keep your your account super healthy so you will be able to attract new followers, more story views, more likes, more comments, all the things you need to be doing in Instagram right now today because we know, right, social media is ever-changing. So that's the mini training I did last Friday. I don't even know what I'm going to do this Friday, but you don't want to miss it. So definitely search up the Contagious Community on Facebook and get yourself in there and your teams and your biz besties, whoever you want to share, share that with because I love giving this information to you guys. So today... I am so excited. I have a really good friend on this episode, Heidi Rumer. Heidi is a money coach, and she also actually is a part of my network marketing team. Heidi and I met via social media, of course, about five or six years ago when she joined one of my health and fitness challenges. She, of course, fell in love with the products and the programs, and she decided to take on network marketing as sort of a side business, something for fun, something for a little extra income. Heidi, as her full-time career, was a financial planner. And one year ago this month, she was hit with the most devastating news. She lost her job. And and Heidi truly believed that she was going to be with that company for the rest of her life. She had a highly paid, um, a highly paid job within the corporation, and it came as a huge shock. I am so excited to tell you, though, that Heidi is thriving in her online business. She took what she knew through her career, through her financial planning. She took what she had learned through the network marketing opportunity, how to use social media, how to tell your story, how to speak directly to your ideal client. And she blended both of those things and now has a really amazing coaching business online. She helps women become debt and financial and stress free. And she also helps you save for your future without cutting out Starbucks or manicures, which we all need, right? So I'm so excited because she's going to be sharing with us five different tips today on how to thrive during financial uncertainty. So whether that is COVID, what we're going through right now, Heidi dropped some really crazy statistics about females and the workforce through COVID, but maybe something just comes up. Someone gets sick, someone loses a job, all these things that can happen. She's going to give us five very tangible tips on how to thrive during uncertainty. So I think you're going to love this episode, you guys. Make sure you're following Heidi. I have all her links in the show notes. Go to her private group, Fitness and Finance, on Facebook and and really be prepared to learn a ton in this episode. I'm so excited. So let's get started. Making changes in your life and business doesn't have to be difficult. It's just learning the small steps to take over time. Welcome to the Contagious Community, the podcast dedicated to ambitious women who want to make a bigger impact in their life. I'm your host, Michelle File, and I've been an entrepreneur for over 25 years. Once a successful salon and spa owner, I woke up at a crossroads. I wanted freedom that salon life was never going to give me. I stepped past my fears of change and criticisms from others and dove into online business. Together, you and I are going to get you more confidence in your life, more money in your bank account, and more time with the people that matter most. Those are the things that I desperately needed and wanted. And over time, with small daily steps, I've achieved that dream. So stick with me for this fun and sometimes messy ride and transform your life and business too. Okay, guys, 
I am so excited, as I said earlier, about my guest today, Heidi Rumer, who, as I said in my intro, we met, gosh, five, six years ago. Heidi was one of my first customers in my network marketing business and was one of the, one of my challengers, went through all my health and fitness programs, and then decided to join as a part of my team, which was amazing. And she was one of my first six uh, team members that really ran with the business. And, you know, the six of us did tons of stuff together. We had such a close relationship. And a few years down the line, Heidi, in all of this, Heidi also is working full time as a financial planner. Am I saying that right, Heidi? Financial? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And she went into work one day and had what we all would consider the most devastating news. And I can actually remember her messaging me from her car right after that news. And I don't want to take this story away from Heidi because it's sort of the, the whole base of what we're going to talk about today, but how, you know, we, as women in business, we have to know how to pivot. And Heidi really had to make a swift pivot that day. And that's what she is going to share with us today. She's gone on and now has started another business as a money coach, helping women every single day get their finances in order. So today she's going to give us some awesome tips. But first, Heidi, I would love for you just to kind of share your story. How did you get here? How did you get into this online space? And, and how have you created this really insane business that you've created? Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me um, speak to your audience. I think this is, if you're a female entrepreneur, you're going to want to tune in and listen to the end because we're going to be sharing some really juicy tips with you. Um, but really that day in that car. Um, so I'll take you back as over just, I just celebrated my one year anniversary, um, from this event and I spent, you know, probably nine years prior working in a corporate job. Um, 17 years of experience in the financial services industry, but nine years with uh, one major company. And I really felt like I was gonna die there, right? I was gonna retire there with this amazing pension and everything would be great. I had started that network marketing uh, company a few years prior, that's how we met, as you mentioned. And that was kind of my plan B. It was something that I enjoy doing. I made income from it, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't my number one priority and I really didn't have visions of it ever being my number one priority. I just really loved the additional revenue stream. And then also I really loved the products and just the connections that I was making. So I literally went into work one day and was told that my position had been eliminated and I was no longer an employee of that company anymore. Um, it was six weeks before Christmas and I had two little ones at home. I had actually just returned back to work after my second maternity leave. And I just was not prepared. Um, you had mentioned it in the opener. I was devastated. I, I thought I was going to retire there and it really highlighted to me that unless you're your own boss, you really don't have control. And one of the things that I had done over the last 17 years in my financial planning practice was just make sure people were prepared for the what ifs. And had I not done that work on my own, you know, personal finances, I think that experience, although emotional and devastating event, it wasn't a financially devastating event. Uh, and I think uh, for many people, that might not be true for them. And there's a lot of things that we can do to help insulate our finances around, you know, financial uncertainty, you know, pandemics. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do, whether you are an entrepreneur or whether you are an employee with a side hustle, however you want to frame it. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can regain power and control over your so that's really how I, how I got started with my, with my business. So speaking to all the network marketers who are listening, because that is definitely primarily the audience here, tell us just a little bit of 
why that two years of you kind of just doing that part-time? I mean, it was a lot. You loved the products, you loved the programs, you loved the community, you loved the little bit of extra income, but what was that whole two years sort of preparing you for? Do you think that it helped you make this huge pivot to your online business? A thousand percent. Um, it was a big reason why I was able to be monetarily successful in the first early few months of launching my practice. So as a financial advisor on my own, uh, you know, selling insurance, selling retirement products, typically there's, you know, a six to eight week lag. If you get a customer to say yes, that very first day, because there's processes that they have to apply for the insurance, they have to be approved. You know, there's, there's a delay. Um, and so, knowing what I knew about network marketing and uh, creating my own brand, I was able to really pivot quickly uh, and speak and storytell in a way that I don't think I would have had those skills had it not have been for my time. Uh, and I'm still part of, uh, of network marketing. I just do it more like really, really, really on the side now. Um, but I feel like that really set me up for uh, success in the online space to be able to create courses. So what I've done in my practice is I've created a course around money and cash flow um, to help supplement and get people ready so that when they decide to move forward with a financial plan, they have the money already there. It's already set aside. We've already planned for it. Um, because what I was finding was that, you know, I could create these beautiful plans for people, but unless their cash flow was, was, really healthy. You know, they could say, yeah, I really want to do this, but I just don't have the money. And I was coming up against that time and time again. So what I did was I just created a course around that. And had I not have had the, you know, just the, the learnings and the uh, ability to pivot online in an industry that primarily isn't online very much um, was invaluable for me. Yeah. I loved watching you actually, because you're right. There's not a lot of people doing what you do online. And it was really cool to watch you storytell and do it in a way that made all women, as far as I can see, be able to relate to what you were sharing and what you were going to be able to help them with. So I say it all the time to women I meet, if you want to do something online, find a product with a network marketing company that you love and start there because you get this free training that you just you would have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars from someone like us through a course, trying to learn all these ins and outs that you actually get in network marketing for free. I mean, your team is constantly giving you this stuff. And I think it's really cool. I've watched a few people go and yes, they're still part of the team and they're still part of the community, but they've gone and, and that's a secondary thing for them. Now they've gone and created something so much bigger and so much more aligned with your passion. And, and Heidi, that's what I see with you. And I think we all, you know, when your energy is somewhere, that's where you need to go. That's where you need to, you have, you don't have to stay in something just because, and that's what I thought was really cool. When I watched you, you just took the leap of faith, which I actually love talking about as well. Sometimes you just have to take that leap and in that uncontrollable situation that you were in or devastating, shocking, all of those crazy words, you stepped outside of your fear, your comfort zone and did it anyways, which was, which was really, really cool to watch. Okay. So I know today you actually have some very tangible tips that you want to give the audience. And it's funny how we've said the world word uncontrollable quite a few times already, but we are living in sort of an, a, kind of strange time right now at the time of recording where Heidi lives close to Toronto is in another shutdown. All of the U S is, I don't even know what's going on over there. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it feels like COVID is coming back. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's the truth. COVID is coming back for the second wave. And I know that you were just part of a, a conference that gave you some interesting, um, statistics about where we are as women and where we're going and you want to give some some tips on how we can handle that which I think instead of you know making this whole situation worse we're going to be able to be prepared so we can actually thrive through this so I'm just going to let you go and give us all your tips because when you were running through them with me they were just awesome so 
Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like uh, this pandemic has really put a spotlight on um, our finances. It, it truly has. And it's kind of like, you know, for, for people that are trying to lose weight, right? Like you kind of know that number on the scale, but until you actually get on the scale, it's like not real. And then when you get on the scale and you see the number, you're like, oh shit, now I've got to like, make now I'm ready, right? Like, cause that number is so shocking. And I find that with the pandemic, it's kind of done the same thing. Um, for those of you that are willing to look at it and really make some, um, they don't have to be drastic, but I think that we're all in a, in a situation where you can take control of your finances very easily, even if it doesn't feel like that right now. Uh, as you mentioned, I was in a, a conference last week and it was a wealth summit for women in particular. And what I found fascinating was some of the Canadian statistics that were coming out. And um, it was just, I almost cried. Like I was listening to these statistics, 2.8 million Canadian women have lost their jobs since the start of the pandemic. Um, it's estimated that only one in three will be able to return. And that's, you know, return to the labor force. And that's, you know, for a variety of different reasons, you know, as women, we typically are also the caretakers at home. And if you're not somebody that's not comfortable sending your kids to school or have options that way, you know, the burden is really um, more so heavily placed on, on the woman. And it's, it's just really highlighting a bunch of different issues, right? And so what I found fascinating about all of this was um, just our female, um, we need to just do what we can to raise our vibration um, as women. And that can be in a variety of different ways, just really uplifting each other. Because when you look at the, the female participation rate in the labor force, like we have not seen women working in levels like this since, you know, 30 years ago. Like it's insane how many women we've lost um, to the workforce because of COVID. And I feel like a lot of that is probably because we haven't done a lot of the work um, on our finances to really be able to either get us back to work or get us into a position where we're financially okay. So what I wanted to share with everybody is a few tips on what you can do to kind of weather any storm, um, you know, COVID particular, in particular, but really any, any storm, whether it be a job loss or if you're, if you're a woman in business, um, I think these are really, really prudent steps to take. So the first thing is really, truly understanding your financial goals. Um, and this is something that you literally could do right now to pause this recording and just think about what's your North Star when it comes to guiding your financial decisions? What do you actually want your life to look like? You know, when, when people tell me that they want to get out of debt, um, that's a great goal, but it's not deep enough. Like, what does that actually mean, getting out of debt? Does that mean that you're going to have more family vacations? Does that mean you're going to have less arguments in your marriage? Does that mean you're going to be able to work less because you don't have to, um, you know, spend 12 hours a day working because you have abundance of, you know, financial resources? Like, what does it actually look like to be debt free? And I think if you really define that, that'll help you um, really determine where your spending goes, um, which is oftentimes people are not spending in alignment with their financial goals. I um, love that. I'm just going to interrupt you. I just love how you put that because I say this in network marketing all the time too. Like you need to tell me why you want to do this. Like, because you're never going to do the work if it's not something desirable, like saying the words, I want to get out of debt makes me want to go hide in the closet and go spend more money on Amazon actually. But if you have like a bigger goal or a bigger vision, it gives you the energy behind it and like, okay, let's, let's do this because getting out of debt is going to get me here or help me do this. So I, I just love how you explained that. So simple. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Good. We're off to a good start. <laughs> so, so the second one really does flow from the first one. Once you know what your financial goal is, you really need to figure out, am I currently spending in alignment with that? And, you know, oftentimes there's things that we have to spend money on because we just have to, right? We have to eat, we have to pay our mortgage, those types of things, right? They're, they're a, a necessity. 
But when it comes to other things, and money is very emotional, right? Um, it's kind of like if you were an emotional eater and you emotionally eat when you're feeling overwhelmed. And for me, when I feel overwhelmed, I definitely can relate to being an emotional eater and I reach for the potato chips or the jujubes. So understanding my response to that emotion um, is very, very key. So the same is true with finances. If you are an emotional spender, so if you're somebody that, you know, as you mentioned, like wants to go hop on Amazon and buy more because you're, you're, it's coming from a place of fear or an emotion of um, maybe sadness or overwhelm or stress, right? Um, I feel like then that emotion we can't eliminate, but what we can do is we can change our behavior to that emotion and we can spend in a way, as long as we know what our financial goal is, we have that, that end goal we can then align our spending. Like, is this seeing me closer or further away from my goal? And sometimes the answer is it's actually taking me two steps back, but I know by taking two steps back, for example, investing in something or um, you know, hiring somebody to help you, that might be a financial hit from the at the beginning, but it's gonna serve you so much, so much more in the future. Um, so that's really a, a very key thing is to kind of do a little audit of your spending and is that in alignment with your overall financial goal? Um, and sometimes what comes up out of that is that you find that you're not spending in, in alignment with your, with your financial goals. So what, one of the things that I help my private clients do is really get to the root cause of that. Like why, like why are we, cause spending is just the symptom. Um, and it's not necessarily the root cause. You have to figure out like, why are you spending that? Why are you spending based on emotion? You know, are you in a, a marriage that isn't right for you? Are you having trouble like um, with behavior with your children, right? So that relationship might, might need some help. So you gotta really figure out what the, the root cause is. I see this happen with a lot of single women as well that have um, that single moms, for example. Um, overcompensating for, you know, the lack of the, you know, the quote unquote nuclear family, right? And especially around the holidays, you know, having this epic Christmas to kind of compensate for, you know, a marital breakdown and wanting to have your kids experience still the full fullness of Christmas, um, I think is, is another way that we can just really get down to the root cause of that is you're trying to compensate for something. And is there a better way that we can achieve our desires without maybe the monetary investment if it's not in alignment with our financial goals? So that's really kind of step two is figuring out where our spending is going. So number three is probably obvious for some people, but I feel like it doesn't happen as much as it should. And that's really creating an emergency fund. Um, you know, most professionals will tell you three months emergency fund. And I remember, you know, even a couple of years ago thinking, wow, three months, that's kind of a lot. Um, I think one month is probably prudent, you know, now going through what we've just gone through. Wow. Was I ever thankful that I had more than three months, um, of savings. And that's actually what I tell my clients now is three to six months savings should be accessible to you in a way that is not so accessible that you can just like swipe your debit card, but is still, if you needed it within 24 hours, you could get access to it. It's really, really important to have that money because especially with, you know, the way things are going and lockdowns and, you know, there's really no end in sight right now. And I feel like that's one area where we can definitely control that. I've heard from women um, since the pandemic has started that certain costs have gone down, right? So they're not eating out as much. They're not, you know, their children's sports maybe aren't happening and things like that. So they're saving that money, but they're not actually saving it, right? So that money is still being spent, again, in probably not in alignment with their financial goal. And so just by defining, I need X amount of dollars that will become my three to six month emergency fund, now all of these savings, we can actually um, put it with intention, right? And put it somewhere that's going to serve us in the future in terms of an emergency fund. 
Um, so I think that that is really important. And as well, I think it's really important to look at, um, you know, what insurance do you have available to you? Is that up to date? You know, do you have a will? All of those types of conversations should definitely be happening right now. Not because, you know, you're potentially going to get COVID and die. It's more for, you know, like, let's just build, I think, if there's ever been a time in our history to look at this stuff, I think now is the time. Um, and I just think it's, it's something so easy that we can do is just take a look at it. What's the number and how can I get there? Um, so number four is, and this is arguably one of the more important ones, is really looking at your money leaks in your personal finances. So what do I mean by a money leak? I mean, that unconscious spending, you know, it's never been easier to spend money. We can literally be, you know, in our bed with the lights off, supposedly sleeping with our phones open and scrolling Facebook. And next thing you know, I've got a shipment of, I don't know, new AirPods coming my way, right? Like I can literally forget my wallet and still be able to make a purchase at the grocery store because of my Apple watch. There's just never been an easier way or access to money than there is right now. And it's something that, you know, past generations never experienced, right? If my mom had forgot her wallet at the grocery store 20 years ago, guess what she was doing? She was leaving her groceries there. She was going home to get her wallet and coming back or maybe not, right? So I feel like um, that is an area where we really need to understand our money leaks and majority of the time where I find are the two major sources of money leaks is um, interest being paid on debt. So really not being aware that that purchase that you're putting on your credit card and you're not paying it off, that $100 purchase is actually costing you like $500, right? If you're not paying it off. Um, and then the second money leak, major money leak that I see a lot of, um, women especially, but households is in their grocery bill. Not meal planning, you know, having food wasted in their refrigerator. Um, and, and that's just, you know, I've been there, so no judgment. <laughs> I think we've all maybe been there at one point or another. Um, and it's sad, right? I think that's an area, especially now, that we should be really looking at, you know, meal planning and repurposing leftovers and things like that. And or making a plan for our takeout. If that's something that, that you do, maybe you have a food delivery kit that's coming once a week. And those are three meals taken care of or whether you decide Friday night's pizza night and that's what your family does every week. Regardless of what it is, just understanding the money that's being spent there and going to the grocery store three, four, five, six times a week, you're leaking money. Um, it's just, an, it's impossible to go to the grocery store that often and not be bleeding money. Um, so really getting a handle on that will help. And then from a little, Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll give a little tip because we got into the worst habit. One of us was just constantly going to the grocery store for one thing. And of course, coming home with 10 and 10 things that you didn't need. And I started seeing like, we are just, and I don't know what my parents did to me when I was young, but they, they always said, you know, when we threw food out, it was a big deal. Like, it, you know, think about those kids in Africa. <laughs> like they were just, they were constantly saying that to me. So it is so ingrained in me that when I throw something out, out, I, I, it just like makes me feel just sick to my stomach. And I notice like, this is just happening too much. So I started using good food. That has been the best Thing we have done for our grocery budget. I lose that, use that very loosely, but it has saved us so much money because I literally go to the grocery store once for yogurt, milk, like just the very essential things. And having that food service come has saved us so much leaky money for sure. Wow. Oh, fine too, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think a lot of people feel like when they're looking to reduce a bill, they just look at the, the money, money exchange where it's also your time. Like if your hour, you know, if you're a business owner and your hour is worth, like what's an hour worth to you? And if that hour could be better served with a client, potentially prospecting, 
then that, you know, our grocery shopping four times a week, like think of the money week just from that perspective, not just the monetary out, you know, outlay mm -hmm. of the grocery bill. Yeah. So I think it's so important to just have that conversation with yourself. And there's one, it's one thing to say, oh, I spend a hundred dollars a week on groceries, but then actually look at it and you're like, holy crap, I actually spend $400 a week. Right. Yeah. And is there any way that you can cut that down? Maybe not. Maybe $400 a week is the right number for you. Right. I don't know. I don't know what your family dynamic is, but my point is, is that that is a major source of money leak, essentially for um, the fact that it costs us money when we are away from our business and we're spending our time not in our business. And also um, that one item turns into 10. It just does. And yeah, I mean, especially at the grocery stores now, you're buying shirts and books and all the things. Another thing I often say to women is, you know, it's fine that you're doing all the things like you're still cleaning and cooking and planning and all this stuff. But what if you hired the cleaning lady for $200 every other week? How much more work could you get done on your business that would bring you a thousand and then that's going to start being residual. I'm especially in our business. Like you do one thing once and it can multiply and multiply and multiply. And people are so scared to give out that little bit it's kind of what you were saying, like it might feel like a couple steps back, but if you would look into the future and obviously do the activities and put in the time, what could it actually do for your, for your business and your, your finances in the end? I think that was a really great way of putting that because sometimes people are so scared to spend the money, but it could just change so many things for them. And I think especially, you know, for a lot of people, when they first start in network marketing, you know, they have maybe a full-time job. And so they're working the business in pockets of time. And so if your pockets of time are maybe late at night, early in the morning, or on weekends, you know, you don't want to also be doing the meal prep and doing the grocery shopping. If you can outsource that, maybe then that time can now be family time, right? So I, I just feel like we, we put so much pressure on ourselves as women, um, especially to do it all right. And to be like uh, one job, I will never outsource is laundry because I'm a weirdo that loves doing laundry. I actually get really upset when my husband does it on me, which I know like most women are like, what your husband does laundry? I'm like, I like hate it when he does it because it's my like laundry to me is so therapeutic. I love it. I've listened to a, a podcast and I stay on top of it. Yeah. Um, my little laundry hack for those of you that are listening is just do a load every day, just do one load every day. And that way it's never overwhelming. Cause I think that that's what happens with women laundry. Anyways, I'm getting on a tangent, but I feel like if you, um, out, are outsourcing that it's not like women, we're just so afraid to invest in ourselves. We're so afraid that, you know, that makes me look like a, a shitty business owner or a shitty mom. And it's like, that can be further from the truth because I know my, my kids are four and two and a half. They would much prefer I was outside building a snowman with them than, you know, meal prepping for an hour or cleaning the toilets. I agree. And, and just to the point, why are we, why, why is society okay with us just rolling out and getting a manicure once a week, but not getting help inside the house that is like, kudos to everybody getting manicures. I think that's amazing. I love it. But uh, it could possibly make your, your whole presence in the family, your whole attitude, everything better if you spent the same amount of money or maybe traded it every other week for someone to help you with the cleaning or to be able to get two meals brought in that you don't have to meal plan and grocery shop. And like, it is a little warped that in our society, it's no big deal for women to spend on all of those like self-care things, but then we don't allow ourselves to have help where we actually really probably would want it and need it or me anyways. I feel like it's a lot of it is our own, yeah. our own perception of, well, that makes me like, I'm capable, I'm capable of cleaning my bathrooms. Like, I don't think anybody can say that I'm not capable, but for whatever reason, if I'm hiring that out, 
maybe that looks like, oh, I'm, you know, must be rolling in it because yeah. I cleaning lady coming in and then we start thinking oh whatever our neighbor's gonna think yeah. you know we make all this money and that's not actually you know like I think we just overcomplicated it. and it's like if you don't maybe you like cleaning then then that's fine like that's a that's a different conversation but you know it, it, I think getting your time back and what is your your time actually worth if it was spent in a different way you know what's that million dollar minute if every minute was worth a million dollars how would you spend it yeah I think it's so interesting and I don't think any of us would spend it cleaning our toilets. Like personally, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to be the first person that will say I cannot clean a toilet. Here's the problem with me. I hate doing this stuff so much that I leave it so long that then it becomes like just the biggest nightmare. So I have been, I've had a cleaning lady my whole life whether that makes me look like a spoiled little person, but I just, as soon as I started making money, even in my first apartment, I had someone come because I just knew I'm also type A. Like, so I need it clean, but I just don't want to do it. So I just knew from very early, my mom also had one. So I was kind of brought up in that, like her time was going to be spent running my dad's business. Like she needed to be there not cleaning the house. So I kind of grew up in that environment. I think it's just so important. Your time is so valuable. And again, if you love it, have at her, like that's amazing. But still, if you could be making some income for your family on the flip side of that, something to think about. Exactly. Exactly. Which kind of leads me into my last point. So anyhow, <laughs> this is kind of flowing like this. <laughs> Like I designed it that way or something. Um, number five is invest in help. And I really, I, I truly believe that. And I think that we often, especially in, in business, you know, we try to do it all. And I resisted for the longest time a virtual assistant. Um, I just resisted all that. I thought, well, I can play around in Canva for hours and figure this out or I can hire somebody to you know do something that comes more naturally to them and you know again and this is an entirely different podcast episode but you know money is really just energy and I feel like if you can really understand that and really feel into that money is just an exchange of energy and you know what you put out comes back and I really truly believe that um, but I also believe in the tangible, the strategy, the being responsible side as well. Like you can't go too, too woo woo with money, but I think there is definitely a balance there and investing in some help either personally or, um, in business, hiring coaches, hiring mentors. I think I know anytime I've ever done that, I have seen it come back tenfold and, um, and again, I'm not somebody that's investing in something and then not doing the work. So, you know, if you are somebody that's a serial investor in courses and programs, but then you actually don't ever do the work, then that's a money leak for you. So I think that's important to understand too. And really maybe pairing yourself back because I've at one point, you know, gotten really good at buying courses here and there and then not doing them or doing them for a week or two and getting bored. Um, so I think there's also, you can go too far on that side, but I definitely feel like investing in help um, in various different ways, whether it's with your money or with your business or with your running your household or childcare or you know hiring a babysitter for a date night, like whatever you need, I think investing in that help uh, doesn't make you a bad business owner or a bad mom. It just makes you smart, in my opinion. Um, so I really think that, especially now, um, we need you, we need women to, to step up and the deck, the deck is a little bit stacked against us. So let's really take control of our finances, especially in this time and, you know, invest in the help that you, that you need to get you to that next level. So, yeah. And I think, on that note, you know, none of us woke up and knew how to do online business. Like I, I didn't just like roll out of the hair salon and like, Oh, I'm just going to rock this. Cause I know exactly what I'm doing. You know, you, I often relate this to hairdressing. 
I had to buy new scissors. I had to go to courses every single year, or I would still be give. I would have still been giving people mall bangs. Like you, like in any job, you in any regular job, you're always having to invest in education, whether that's your money or your time. Sure, maybe your company was take was you know sending you places, but it was still your time. You probably had to get childcare or whatever. Why do people come into these types of businesses and think they're just going to rock it and make six figures without actually kind of investing in it and learning more, getting a cleaning lady so you have the time to do it? I think it actually, when, when people sit back and start taking these business really seriously, you can see, okay, obviously I can't just buy a $160 package and think it's just all going to like create this huge income for me investing in help will make you make it simpler. It'll make it so much easier. It will take years off the experience of getting to the goal and the vision that you want. In my opinion, like as soon as you get some help, all of those, like, I remember spending years not investing thinking I could YouTube it and do it by myself. Like you said, on Canva, doing it by myself. And that just like, wait, now that I look back, I think about all those days and hours that I could have been doing things that would actually push me forward really quickly if I would have just had the right steps to do it in the first place. So I, and I find, I find for me that the reason why I was puttering around in Canva and like doing things that weren't income producing activities was I was resisting doing the work that I, I actually didn't like it, it felt you know, I, I didn't want to invite people to the business. I didn't want to like put myself out there in on a certain way. So I would avoid that. And I would avoid it by puttering around and doing the stuff that didn't actually bring me any income. And so I think that was an, an important part to go through and something that I learned in business. And I learned that through network marketing. Right. And so I think the quicker you can get through that resistance and really on the other side of it, just the quicker you'll see it being paid off in dividends for you. Um, I think that's, it's so important. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think those five tips were so good. I loved your, I mean, I didn't love hearing the statistics because they're pretty scary. That that's really, really shocking to me that 2.8 million women lost their jobs through COVID. I would have had no clue. I feel so lucky every day still that I wasn't in my hair salon through that whole thing, you know, I, even just the, the pressure of having a huge staff that wouldn't have been able to work, like just all of that just makes me feel so grateful for the opportunity that I have online, that my business can still thrive. And I think the women that are listening to this, if you're only listening to this because you're in network marketing, so you do actually have an opportunity. You do have something in your hands that will help you you know, fight through this and push through this, no matter what's going on, maybe in your, your, you know, your full-time career, but you have to, you have to do the actions. You have to get the help. You have to put things into place. Like <laughs> I was laughing when you're talking about leaks, here's my leak, the books on Amazon. Okay. I am not allowed to buy another book on Amazon until I have finished every single book I own already. <laughs> And, you know, you can justify leaks, just like you said, all the courses, like if you're a serial course buyer, and that's a real thing. I am not one of those people with courses, but I have people that have bought my courses that I know that's what they are. And I, it makes me feel like, oh gosh, like I feel bad because you're not actually doing this. But it's like, you have to look at those things and ask yourself, okay, why do I think there's another secret in the book? <laughs> <laughs> so that was very good to look at those things honestly and just say, okay, just because I saw the title and I think it's good doesn't mean I have to have it. Or just because I saw the other piece of clothing for the kids, they probably don't need it. Like you have to look at those things. Are they getting you to your like bigger vision? It all goes together. All five steps, Heidi. It all makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And it always goes back to mindset. Like I feel like everything always always ends up going back to that number one, like, well, what is the vision and goal for your life? Like, that's what you have to get clear on always in the beginning. Yeah. And then you just reverse engineer it. I feel like that is so important. The belief, the, you know, 
if you're somebody that believes that money is not, that money is hard, money is evil, money means debt, money means um, bad people, based on your experiences, then, then that's what money is gonna give you in return. But if you're somebody that feels like money is, and this is the woo-woo side, like if money is abundant, money is available for me, money is energy, like if you feel all of those things and you truly believe it, then money will be abundant. Money, you will be, you know, money will just come to you in ways that you can never imagine. But in saying that, if you just sit there with your journal and think about money, like it's not going to come. It's not magic, right? Like the secret of the secret of the secret is that, you know, you, it's like, what's this, what's the example that they, I think they give in the secret. It's like, if I told you that your next road trip, you had to look for every red car um, that you saw. And then I asked you at the end of the trip, like, how many blue cars did you see? You'll tell me I have no idea. I didn't see any because you were looking for a red car. It's the same thing. If you're, if you're, you know, thinking about money and thinking about what it could do for your family, what it could do for your community, what it could do for women, right? In business, we're entering into a holiday shopping season. You know, let's support our local female entrepreneurs and really like really make it an effort to do that um, this holiday season instead of, you know, lining Amazon pockets, although I will still shop at Amazon and they're, you know, no knock against Amazon. I love it. But, um, you know, just finding those opportunities, I think what you focus on is just will grow. And um, the same is true with money and your finances and and then you need, you need somebody to help, help you with the strategy part and, you know, how do you get there in the best way? Yeah. Because you can YouTube it and you can Google budgets and you can, you can Google a lot of stuff, but, um, customization and really understanding the behavior around, especially money and, you know, the, the, um, just the, yeah, the behavioral science and the money management and cash flow, like also the accountability. I mean, all of a sudden, if you have someone looking in your stuff, you're going to do the work. Like I say that to, to my clients all the time. When I tell you, uh, post in our private group, every single time you do your IPAs, you're going to do them because you know, I'm going to be hounding you until you do it. If you were just left on your own vices, you won't do it just like the last three years. Never. Yeah. So you're paying for account, like obviously the strategy and all the things you need to learn. That's half of it, but also it's the mentorship, the accountability. It's the um, what's the word that I'm looking for? I'm not using the right word, but you've got some responsibility around it that you're gonna actually do it because you have someone there. You have someone there helping. Well, it's like how many free things have you? have you signed up for and you just never follow through with it? It's because you're not invested in it. You have no skin in the game. And the moment you actually invest in something, you, you want it to work. Like that's just human nature, human behavior. It's why you invest in, you know, a, you know, a personal trainer or, you know, a, a challenge pack. Like that's why you do that. You take that leap of faith and you spend that money because, um, you know, what you were doing on your own for free wasn't working. No, exactly. I, and I also say this in my private group all the time. If you are expecting people to invest in you, and again, we're all selling something here. If you expect people to invest in you, you better be investing in others because it's the law of attraction. What you give out, you're going to get back. It, it, if you're hoarding and not willing and too scared to invest in your own business or your own self or whatever, ever, you're giving that energy out everyone feels that energy and they're not going to feel the confidence in you to invest in you. So it's like a circle. It's a total circle. Totally. And on that note, I would love you to talk about your course that you do have out because I think it's so awesome for women in business and any circumstance in life. But I think right now it's just so important to have out there. I'd love you to explain it a little bit and just share where people can kind of find you and ask you questions about it. Sure. Awesome. So yeah, my, uh, I have a six week self-paced, uh, course it's called fix your finances and it really goes through kind of the woo woo and the strategy. So it starts off and we really identify your money mindset. So there's seven, 
uh, behavioral money mindsets that were pretty much formed from the time you were seven years old. So it's how you experience money as a child. And there aren't any good ones or bad ones. They're just, they just are. And once you recognize what kind of money mindset you innately have, you can then, um, you know, make some behavior changes around that. Um, so we get into that. We talk about the root cause of spending. We really get dig deep in that that portion, uh, and then we create a cash flow plan. So you know, I think most budgets that are available today are how much money do you make, and what are your expenses, and then whatever's left over, which typically there isn't any, but let's say there is some money left over, it gets spent. Um, and my philosophy is very different. So we go through a cash flow plan. We really look at. Um, you know, spending in alignment with your financial goals. We figure out, um, is your debt structured in, the, in an appropriate way? Is there a way that we can structure this differently? Um, how can we really maximize the money and the revenue that's coming into your, into your household um, versus the, the, the outflow? And really make some customized changes. So this portion is not DIY. I work with you to, um, to get your cash flow so that it works for you because you know, most budgets are going to say, oh, family of four, you should be spending $126.85 a week on groceries. And it's like, that's not going to work for me. So what do you do, right? Where does the money come from? So we really make it customized for you, how you currently spend money. And to date, I have not had to tell somebody that they can't buy a Starbucks latte. So that's like, that's always my, my thing is like, you know, I, I truly believe that with your finances, like, you know, there's just more to life than paying bills and counting calories and like, let's enjoy our money and, but on the back end, be responsible with it as well. So we just really make sure we're plugging those money leaks and creating a plan that works for you. And then we address, you know, if there's any insurances that you might need, if you're already working with a financial advisor, you literally can take that recommendation to your financial planner and they can help you with that. Uh, we talk about retirement goals and dreams, you know, if you have children, what you see for them in terms of their education, we just dive into it all. Um, so it's a really amazing course and um, it can be found at uh, my website, Rumor Financial Services. So I don't know if you can put that in the show notes, maybe. Yeah. I will put all of that in the show notes and also your, your private group. Is it still open for people to join? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Facebook. You can search the group fitness and finance. Uh, I'm in there. I give some health tips as well as a lot of financial, just freebie tips. And I'm also on Instagram at, at Heidi Rumor. At Heidi Rumor. Awesome. It's so good. I think all those tips were so helpful and definitely get into Heidi's private group because she's not telling you enough. She literally goes in there every other day live, or I don't even know how often, but tons of live videos, tons of tips, takeaway tips. And I know that your course, when you were explaining your course, it sounds like something that they will just use forever and ever and ever. You'll always be able to go back to and use the strategies and pull from the modules. So it sounds like just such a great investment for long-term financial health. See, we are all into sustainability. I want sustainable businesses, food freedom, and finances. There you go. I love it. I love it. Anyways, thank you so much, Heidi. These were so helpful. And I know you guys will love them and go follow Heidi everywhere on all social medias. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle.